Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. chapter 7, beginning at the ninth verse. After these things I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing in front of the throne and of the Lamb, clothed with white robes and with palm branches in their hands. They called out with a loud voice and said, Salvation comes from our God, who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, the elders and the four living creatures. They fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. One of the elders spoke to me and said, These people dressed in white robes, who are they and where did they come from? And I answered him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who are coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Because of this, they are in front of the throne of God, and they serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They will never be hungry or thirst ever again. The sun will never beat upon them, nor will any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in 1 John chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. See the kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The world does not know us because it did not know him. Dear friends, we are children of God now, but what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he is revealed, we will be like him, and we will see him as he really is. Everyone who has this hope purifies himself, just as Jesus is pure. The word of the Lord. Our gospel is taken from Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up onto the mountain. When he sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them. He said to these things, Blessed are the poor in spirit, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, because they will be comforted. Blessed are the Gentile, because they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, because they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, because they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, because they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. In fact, that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. 
the gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, beginning at the ninth verse. I open with these words from our text. And he said to me, These are the ones who are coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if I come one evening knocking on your door, dressed up maybe in a scary way, and if you're thinking, well, Pastor, everything you wear is really scary, get that out of your head. But if I come in a scary costume and say trick or treat, you know that I'm not coming to celebrate Valentine's Day or Veterans Day or Easter or Christmas. You know it's Halloween. And if I come to your door in a long white robe like the one I'm wearing now and say to you, Happy All Saints Day, you would probably look twice at me. Because where is that in the calendar? Now, Halloween is there. That's been celebrated for centuries. In fact, Halloween, which actually means Hallow's Eve, Hallow being uh, the word for holy, in other words, the word for saint, the eve of, of, of the holy celebration would point to the next day, which would be the holy celebration, or All Saints Day. During the time of Luther, who lived at the end of the 1400s and early 1500s, celebrated, yes, both Halloween and All Saints Day. In fact, it was on Halloween, October 31st, that he nailed the 95 Theses to the church door, which started the Reformation for the Lutheran Church. The next day was to be a great celebration. People would come to church, they would come to worship, because this was a high church festival and a celebration of all saints. But it fell out of use. And it even fell off the calendar. And really, how sad. You see, under our last pericope series, which is the series that we've been following that chooses the readings for each of the Sundays coming up, was always based on the thinking that Reformation would be celebrated on the Sunday closest to the 31st. So that could either be the last Sunday in October or the first Sunday in November. Now, with some changes and some really minor changes, now it is the practice to always celebrate Reformation the last Sunday in October and with the first Sunday in November to celebrate All Saints Day and bring back that tradition. Now we have an opportunity to definitely hear the beautiful passage that we have before us, which is oftentimes used in connection with Easter. But here, it's really appropriate because it talks about saints for All Saints Day. Now, all, now a saint... Some churches will teach that a saint is simply someone who's been designated by the church to be a saint, someone who has done great things, someone who's possibly even done miracles. But the way that the Bible uses the word saint, it's not that way at all. The Bible uses the word saint as really speaking of all believers. 
that through faith in Jesus Christ, we are saints in God's eyes. And we'll hear it explained how that can be as we consider these beautiful words from Revelation chapter 7. Now the entire book of Revelation is full of picture language. Uh, some of it is definitely a narrative, but much of it is all this picture language. And in fact, you'll even have picture um, visions within visions, or, or, or you'll have even visions between visions. And that's where our text falls in. The vision that John is seeing is actually between two major visions. And before this, he saw a vision of the church on earth. Now he gets to see a vision of the church in heaven and what heaven will be like. The key to understanding these words really comes down to one word, the word come. It's taken from the verse I just read. It says here, and he said to me, these are the ones who are coming out of the great tribulation. Some translations translate that word coming as they have come, which then would emphasize an interpretation of what John is seeing is after Judgment Day and all the saints in heaven and enjoying heaven because the earth has been destroyed. But here, the translation is, these are the ones who are coming. Then the interpretation would be, he hasn't seen Judgment Day yet. These are the people he's seen coming and coming from the earth before Judgment Day. So which one is correct? Well, we have to look at the tense of, of the verb because in Greek language, the tense of the verb has great meaning. And the tense here is in the present tense, which emphasizes continuing action. So the translation before us is quite accurate. He is seeing people who are coming, who are coming from the earth, who have left the earth, which is called the Great Tribulation, they have left a, a world that has been cursed by sin. They have left a world where they have lived with guilt and where they have lived with shame and where they have even lived with the fear of death itself. And those believers will be saints going to heaven. And John is seeing this over and over. But what we also see here is what we'll all enjoy one day and especially on the last day. So what John is seeing is a great multitude. Once again, these are the believers. These are the ones whose souls have departed from their body and their souls have been taken to heaven. And the kind of people that he is seeing, he is seeing people from every nation, tribe, people, and language. These are the people he is seeing. He is seeing people from all over the world. It doesn't matter how they grew up. It doesn't matter what language they spoke. It doesn't matter whether they were rich or free or poor or slave. It doesn't matter whether they were male or female. He's seeing all these people from all over the world, from all time, coming before the throne of God. And what is unique about these people is that they're wearing a white robe, and it's not by accident. In fact, we'll hear later that the reason that the robe is white is because it has been washed clean. White is, is, is always the picture of purity and holiness and to be without sin. They've been washed clean by actually the blood of Christ. 
our Lord Jesus Christ who took on human flesh, our very Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life on that cross to pay for the sins of the world. He paid the debt. He paid the punishment. He paid the guilt for our sins that we deserve. And the people have been washed clean. They are forgiven. These are the people who are heirs of everlasting life, and they are enjoying that everlasting life. These are the people who are holding branches in their hands, and it makes you think right away of Palm Sunday and how people took palm branches and, and laid them before the Lord as he rode that baby donkey into Jerusalem. But in the Old Testament, the picture of a palm branch or, or of a branch was also a, a, a symbol of a celebration. And we would have to admit that being in heaven with all believers from every tribe, nation, uh, people, and language would have to be the greatest celebration ever. And just like celebrations today, this celebration comes with people yelling out and screaming out because they're celebrating so much. And what do these believers say? Salvation has come from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. They give God all the credit when it comes to their salvation. Notice what they didn't say. Salvation comes from me. Salvation is my doing. I chose God. I deserve to go to heaven. I deserve to be saved. I have a free will, so I choose God. That's not what they said. They said salvation comes from our God. They couldn't save themselves. They had fallen short of God's glory. There was no free will. They're saved because God chose them. Because God saved them. And therefore, salvation belongs to our God. There was another group of people. They answered, Amen. And that other group, in saying, Amen, said the old Hebrew word, which means truth. This is the absolute truth. Anything contrary to the truth would be a lie. This other group include all the angels. They included the elders. We know earlier in Revelation that there were actually 24 elders. Again, this is all picture language. There were 24 elders, 12 representing the 12 tribes of Israel, therefore representing all the Old Testament believers. There were 12 representing the 12 apostles, which represented the New Testament believers. But wait a minute, we have really a picture within a picture. Because if the elders represent all believers, well, what about all the tribe and the nation? That's representing all believers as well. Again, we have picture within a picture. And then along with it was the four living creatures, literally the four living ones. And therefore, the four living creatures, usually referring to these, were representing, because of four, north, south, east, and west, four is always in Revelation, the number for the earth. So this is representing the four living creatures as all of creation itself is joining in. All of creation is praising the Lord. And they replied to the truth, salvation comes from our God as an amen. But they couldn't stop there. They added to the verse. 
They said blessing and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. And along with this, they said amen, because this is the absolute truth. Notice what they didn't say. Praise and glory and honor deserves to me, because God owes me. God better save me. No, it all belongs to the Lord. He gets the praise and the glory. Even my faith in him is a gift of God. Because without the Lord, I couldn't believe. And in fact, without the Lord, I'm totally lost. Only in him, praise, blessing, honor, glory forever and ever. This is a huge amen. This is an absolute truth. And this is what they were saying. This is what they were shouting. They were shouting for all to hear. They couldn't keep it within them. They couldn't keep quiet. They had to sing this out. Because this is the honor and glory due to a God who has saved us. And notice the two things that were in common between that first verse and the second verse. The one thing in common was they described God, both groups, as our God. This is the God I belong to. This is the God who has saved me. This is the God that belongs to me. And only in him do I truly find peace and hope and comfort. Because this is the God who has forgiven me of my sins since he paid for all of my sins. Payment I don't deserve. But out of undeserved love, he made that payment in full. This is our God, my friends. Many will say that they're looking forward to heaven because they'll see their loved one again. And what a joy it will be to join with all believers and, and see our loved ones in heaven celebrating before the throne of God. But the greatest thing about heaven is really not going to be seeing our loved ones. Oh, that'll be a joy, yes. But the greatest joy, the joy beyond all joy, is really joining everyone before that throne in a perfect relationship with the very one who is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins of the world. But more than that, he's also our shepherd. One of the elders came up to John and asked him, who are they and where did they come from? And John said, you know, really showing modesty and humility. And then he goes on to describe what is going to happen in heaven with them. He says, these are the ones who are coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Because of this, they are in front of the throne of God, and they will serve him day and night in his temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tent over them. They will never be hungry or thirsty ever again. The sun will never beat upon them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. As soon as I hear the words that the Lord is my shepherd, I can't help but think of, of Psalm 23 and the very next phrase and the very next sentence after it. I shall not be in want. Literally, I shall lack nothing. Everything I have, it comes from the Lord because he is my shepherd. And it will be that way in heaven as well. For a shepherd does two things. He protects and he provides. 
Notice the protection. He will spread a tent over us. Nothing is going to hurt us anymore. Not even Satan's flaming our arrows and, and his lies and, and his temptations and, and bogging us down with guilt and hopelessness that will all be gone. To have the tent over us and to be protected, he even goes on to say, not even the sun is going to hurt us. Really almost an argument from the lesser to the greater. If not even the sun can harm us or overwhelm us with burning heat, there's absolutely nothing that will. In heaven there will be a perfect relationship. We will be safe. We won't be living with doubts anymore. And along, with, and along with that, he says he will wipe every tear away. Everything that makes us cry. Everything that brings sadness into our lives, gone. And everything that brings us sadness into our lives can be summed up in one word. It's sin. And the results of sin. No more death, no more hopelessness, no more pain, no more suffering, no more disease. To have no more of that can only result in eternal bliss and joy and eternal happiness even beyond my imagination. It is joy beyond joy. And this is also the very Lord, the very shepherd who provides. Notice how he provides. We will never hunger or thirst again. We don't have to look at this life as, you better eat up now because you might not get anything later. No, we enjoy knowing that in heaven, all of our needs will be met, even the simplest needs of eating and drinking. Hunger, thirst, gone, never to exist again. And along with it is also the spiritual blessing of he will lead them the springs of living water. And the water of life is Jesus himself, the only one who can offer eternal life. For our joys in heaven will not only just be a wonderful experience, it will be a wonderful experience that will never end. It's forever and ever. And that's why the choirs, that's why the two groups were shouting, Amen, because it is an amen. This is the absolute truth. Until the Lord calls you home, my dear friends, know two things. Know that those that have gone before you, the fellow believers, have beat us home. But also know that the day that the Lord calls you home, we don't have to fear it. In fact, we live each moment of every day knowing who we really are. Yes, we're sinners who need a Savior, and Jesus is that very Savior. We pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. But we do so trusting in the forgiveness, trusting in the fact that the blood of the Lamb has purified us from all sins, knowing that we are children of God who are dearly forgiven. And that makes us saints. Each and every one of you is a saint. So, Let's not hesitate to celebrate All Saints Day, but let's not just celebrate it once a year. Let's realize All Saints Day is really every day, now and forever. And knowing that, Happy St.
God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemev l-u-t-h-e-r-a-n dot o-r-g. May God bless you today and every day.